You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. says God never changes. We can depend upon his character. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is one thing we can always depend upon, is his character. But he's also merciful and gracious, and often he does things that catch us by surprise. And sometimes he turns everything upside down. Sometimes he turns everything upside down. You ever notice that? God is eternal that is a hard concept for people to grasp. Eternity is beyond your life and how humans think, but God has been and always will be. Part of this also plays into God's character. God has never changed, nor will he ever change. So his promises that he gave thousands of years ago are still true. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2 as he continues his message, Hannah's Prayer of Praise. Next to God, all of us know exactly nothing. Absolutely nothing. And since we are far from God, we are far from his knowledge. He knows us. He says, by your actions, we're weighed. He weighs our actions. What does that mean? God weighs your actions. I don't know who it was. Someone said, just do the right thing. I think it was Spike Lee, wasn't it? Just do the right thing. Just do the right thing. Yeah. What if you do the right thing with the wrong motive? What if you do the right thing with the wrong heart? Ah, God knows your actions. God weighs your actions. And you know, when we get up to that Bema seat and the rewards are given out, he's going to play this video and he's going to go, Yo, Dave, remember when you did this? You were so cool. You thought you were doing me a favor. You were doing that for you. Excuse me? Yeah, he knows those things. He weighs our actions, and he knows your actions. He knows that. Do all things as under the Lord. That's the scripture. Do all things as under the Lord. Doing them with the wrong attitude. You can even do the right thing with the wrong attitude. If you do the right thing with the wrong attitude, it's the wrong thing. Great thing Hannah's saying here. Then we pick up some speed now because there's like all one thought here. So we're going to read 4 through 8a. The bows of the mighty men are broken and those who stumbled are girded with strength. Those who were full of have hired themselves out for bread. The hungry have ceased to be hungry. Even the barren has borne seven and she who has many children has become feeble. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and he brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lift up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among the princes. Hannah said that the Lord is holy. 
She said that the Lord is holy and just and His ways are always true and His word and His character are never false. She said this because this is something that we can depend upon. Scripture says God never changes. And we can depend upon His character. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is one thing we can always depend upon is His character. But He's also merciful and gracious And often he does things that catch us by surprise. And sometimes he turns everything upside down. Sometimes he turns everything upside down. You ever notice that? All the things that you've been trusting in, all the things that you've been placing your hope in, all the things that you think are important to you, all of a sudden, they're gone. There's turmoil. Everything looks like it's upside down. That's what he's doing here. Warriors fall while weaklings win. Warriors fall and stumble, weaklings win. Rich people who have any, for any, plenty of food are looking for something to eat. But the poor are, are eating till they're full. That's what's being said here. They have more than they need. A barren woman gives birth to seven children, but the woman with many children is exhausted and can't enjoy her own family. See, that's the contrast that she's doing here. She's speaking of the sovereignty of God. She's speaking of God's sovereignty, saying, He's in charge of life and death and everything in between. It's God's sovereignty, folks. His plan has yet to be worked out for us to see, but God knows the end of this plan. He knows what's going to happen. He's sovereign. He can rescue us from the grave, or He can permit us to die. Some people get healed. Some people do not. Why? Because God is sovereign. I don't know. You pray for healing. You hope for healing. Sometimes it doesn't happen in this lifetime. It doesn't happen until you see the Lord face to face. If he allows us to live, he can make us rich or poor. He can exalt us or he can abase us. For only he knows what's best for us. God knows what's best for you. Maybe what you're going through right now, what you think is terrible, and I'm not minimizing trials. I never want to stand up here and minimize your circumstances or minimize what you're going through. But maybe you're going through there because God has a plan. And sometimes you're going through something and the plan isn't even for you. It's for somebody else. But you're going through this for them to look in and go, oh, wow. We don't know. A lot of times the plan is for you. A lot of times you go through these things. Have you noticed trials come and go? How many of you have been through the same trial six or seven times? It's almost like God is saying, can't you get it? Can't you get it straight? I used to wonder why I used to wander in the wilderness. I used to always have this joke. I'm wandering in the wilderness and here's this cactus I come across and I carve my name in it. And everything's fine. Then all of a sudden I sign myself in the wilderness again. I look up and the cactus, my name's way up here. And wait a minute. The cactus has grown. I carve my name in it again. I mean, how am I going, when am I going to realize that God wants me out of the wilderness? We go through trial after trial after trial. Sometimes, and a lot of times of our own doing and our own making, guys. A lot of times we make our own. Hannah warned against pride. And she gives more reason why we should be humble before the Lord. We should be humble before God because he knows how to humble the strong. 
He knows how to humble the strong. The bows of the mighty men are broken. Those who are full are now begging. She who has many children has become feeble. If you're strong now or exalted now, we should be humble because the Lord can change our place very quickly. Very quickly. The um, comedian Mark Lowry said one time his favorite, and I've copied this many times, he said one time his favorite verse is the Bible. It's in the old King James, is, and it came to pass. That was his favorite verse. Well, why is it your favorite verse? Because if you're going through a hard time, and it came to pass. But be careful when you're going through a good time, and it came to pass. Things happen. God's timing. God takes us through things. We come out. You're either coming out of a trial, or going into the trial, or you in one long trial. But God is the same. He never changes. We should be humble before God because he knows how to exalt the weak. Those who stumbled and are girded with strength, those who are hungry have ceased to hunger. And even the barren bore seven kids. If we're weak now or in a low place, we should wait humbly before God and let him lift us up. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. That's the scripture. In Luke 14, verses 7 through 11, Jesus said that we have an opportunity to set ourselves high. And when that comes along, we should take the low place instead. And then when someone sets you up to a higher place, it will be a pleasant experience. But if we put ourselves in the high place, someone may come along and knock us off the high place to a lower place. Jesus concluded by saying, quote, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Hannah knew all this intimately in her own life. She was barren. It says back in verse 6 of chapter 1, because the Lord had closed her womb. Why am I barren? Because the Lord is sovereign. He said, you're not going to have kids. He closed your womb. The Lord makes the poor. He makes the rich. He brings the low, he lifts some up. God had first set her low and brought her now high. She could see the hand of the Lord in it all. Can you see the hand of the Lord in your life? Whether you're going through a tremendous trial or when you're not going through a trial. If you've been lifted up, can you see the hand of the Lord? If you've been made low, can you see the hand of the Lord? We should be able to see his hand upon everything we do. Hannah could see the hand of the Lord. In verses 8b through 10, we'll finish out this uh, psalm. And make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces from heaven. He will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Hannah is confident in God's ability to humble the strong and exalt the weak. Why? Because she knows real well that God is in control. And if we don't realize that, we're not going to get anywhere. We're always going to be relying on ourselves. We're always going to be relying on what we can do instead of what God has done. God is in control of everything. 
God is a God who wants to be in control of your life. He wants to do the things that are best for you. He wants to help you through this life. That's why he sent his Holy Spirit. But we are to submit our help or submit ourselves to the hand of God. We must submit. I surrender. We sang it. I surrender. I surrender to you, Lord. If God were not in control, then perhaps the strong could do what they want. And God couldn't do anything about it. But we know better. We know better. Hannah knew that the foundation of the earth itself, the pillars of the earth, belong to the Lord. God created the earth. It is His. It belongs to Him. God uses His powers to set things right. It says, for by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. We're going to see this in the end times. We studied it in the end times. Anyone who came against the Lord were broken. They were broken into pieces. They were shattered. They were destroyed. It isn't enough for us to believe God has his power. We must know that he will use this power for his glory and for his righteousness. He will give us strength. He will give strength to the king and exalt the horn of his anointed. This is a key verse. At this time, there was no king in Israel. And it seems that they didn't even want one at this time. So Hannah speaks of this coming king, his king. Who's she speaking of? Yeah. She's speaking of the coming Messiah. She sees afar off the coming Messiah. When she speaks of this king, she's looking ahead to the Messiah who will finally set all wrongs. He is his anointed. And when you look at the word anointed here in the end of verse 10 and exalt the horn of his anointed, anointed is Christ. Anointed means Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. Here is the first mention as Hannah looks forward to the coming one. Hannah looking forward to Jesus Christ, the Messiah who would come. This is the first place in the Bible where it's referred to as the Messiah. It is the first applied here. It's an epitaph. Messiah in Hebrew, Christ in Greek, and anointed in English. This was adopted by David, Nathan, Ethan, Isaiah, and Daniel. They all started to use this phrase. They were inspired by the Holy Spirit to use these phrases. She was looking ahead. She saw from afar the promise of God, and she believed. It was accounted to her as righteousness. She believed. She had faith. Verse 11 says, Then Elkanah went to his house in Ramnah, but the child ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. Hannah and Elkanah left their son Samuel, and they returned home. They left their hearts, were filled with joy and and confidence. Imagine that. I can't even take my dog to Pat's and leave without crying. Because I miss my dog so much. They took their boy and gave them to the priest and lent them to the Lord forever. Wow. Imagine that. What faith. They left their hearts were filled with joy and confidence and their joy and confidence was not in Eli or his sons. Their confidence was in the Lord. They were anxious to see what the Lord would do. They couldn't wait to see what the Lord was going to do in this boy's life. They had high expectations, not because of their ability, but because of God's ability. 
As a couple, they trusted in him. They worshiped him. They prayed together to him. And they believed his word. They trusted in God's word. And this is something to all married couples. We should be worshiping together with our spouse. We should be praying together with our spouse. We should be studying God's word with our spouse. We should be studying and listening and hoping and praying and trusting in God together for our family, for our friends. That's what we're called to do. And what was the result of this? They walked away with great peace. Great peace. Some of you tonight are in extreme turmoil and extreme pain. And God sees your pain, he hears your cries, and he knows what's going on in your life. And he wants to take that pain away from you. He wants to ease that pain in the midst of your suffering. And he's saying, I am sovereign. There is a reason for that this has happened to me, but don't worry about the reason. Look to me. Keep focused on me. Focus on me and me alone. Some trust in chariots, some trust in Hormus, but we will trust in the name of our Lord, our God. We will not trust in anything else. We will not be moved from this trusting place in him. Circumstances come and circumstances go. Good, bad, and indifferent. But the Lord never changes. He wants you to trust in him in everything and give him glory and praise. What a great example we have for this. Where is your joy and confidence Where is your joy and confidence? I pray it's in the Lord. Are you submitted to him in all things? Are you submitted to him in all things? Is Christ enough in your life? Is Christ enough in your life? Or do you have to have these other things? Well, that's not scriptural. Matthew tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. But look at the model. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't ever forget that. And his righteousness. Then all these things will be added. Maybe you're like Hannah today and your heart is broken because of a circumstance that has befallen. Maybe your heart is pierced and broken and you just don't know what to do. Go to the Lord in your quiet time. Pray to him in confidence, knowing that he hears, sees, and knows exactly what's happening to you. Trust that he has a plan for you. For you. He has a plan for you. A perfect plan. And he wants to see that plan come to fruition in your life. And my suggestion to you is let him submit. Relinquish hold over what you're holding on to, whatever it is. Whatever you're holding on to that is so dear to you, give it to the Lord. Hannah and Elkanah gave what they loved the most, their very most treasured possession, the son that they've always wanted, Hannah's true heir to his um, inheritance, to his household. He gave up to the Lord. And why should it be any different? Didn't God give everything he had for you? Everything he had. Didn't he give for you the most prized possession he could think of? He gave himself. Abraham, Isaac on the mountain. Father, I see the firewood. 
I see the altar, but where's the ram for the sacrifice? And the Lord said, God will provide himself a sacrifice. And that's exactly what he did on the altar called the cross. The only sacrifice that will ever be given. And if that is not enough for you, then my lovely ones, I can't help you. Only God can help you. We must believe in his promises through his word. We must submit your will to him, our will to him, and when we do, we will find the peace that surpasses all understanding if we will leave it with him. Elkanah and Hannah did not run back the next day and go, we changed our mind, and they took the boy back. So often, I give something that's troubling me to the Lord. And as I'm walking away, I go, take it with me. Oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry, Lord, this is your, yeah, I'm, I'm giving this to you, Lord. I'm going to give it all to you, Lord. It's done. It's all yours. I give it up. I surrender it all. Okay, Lord, good. I'm constantly taking it back. Give it to him, leave it at the foot of the cross, and move on. Knowing that it was taken care of, knowing that he died for that, knowing that you can now live in peace and tranquility. Because unless the Lord tarries and doesn't come for us within the next 12 hours or so, tomorrow is going to come. I think little Annie was right. The sun will come up tomorrow. Unless, of course, it's cloudy, but it'll come up someplace. It will rise in the sky if the Lord allows it. We need to give this stuff to him, folks, just like Hannah gave up that young boy. And if you're a mommy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly the feeling of giving up a young child. That's what she did. Did she mope about it? Did she walk around with her head in the, in, 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 down on her knees? And did she cry about it? Did she tell everybody, oh, the Lord took my boy. I did, he gave it to him. Did she complain constantly? No, I don't see any of that here. All I see is praises and thanksgiving and exaltation and worshiping the Lord for his mighty hand and his mighty work. Oh, if we could only learn that. If we could only learn that, your neighbor would come to you and go, why is that stupid smile on your face? Your house was just foreclosed. Because I know my Redeemer lives. I know I'll be with him one day. What do I have to be sad about? God is in complete control. They left. But they would return. They would return. Because I can't find a scripture. I forget where it is. But we read, oh yeah, in verse 19. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came with her husband to offer the early sacrifice. Make him a little robe and make sure he got it because she was a mom. She loved her boy. You are We're so glad you joined Pastor Dave Shank today for A Sure Hope. This study in 1 Samuel has been taking you further into God's process of fulfilling promises. 
and it may not look like you'd always want it to. God gave a promise to David when he was young and unequipped to handle the magnitude of what was to come. God still gave him a glimpse to the future though, and we walked with David to help him grow and learn. God's plan included trials along with victories, but he was faithful to David throughout. Right now in our country, we are facing a trial never before experienced. Don't fear, God is as faithful to you now as he was to David. He will bring you through, and you can lean on Him for strength and comfort in the waiting. We'd encourage you to read ahead in 1 Samuel and discover for yourself how God works life out, and let Him encourage you through it. How can we be praying for you during this 1 Samuel study and during this unusual time in history? Please give us a call and let us know at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We are pleased to be able to bring you teachings from God's Word on each edition of Assure Hope. If you'd like to hear more from this series in the book of 1 Samuel, visit assurehoperadio.com. There are several teachings on various books of the Bible available online for download, and we encourage you to share them with friends and family. That's all we have time for. Thanks for tuning in to Assure Hope.